Welcome to this edition of a Stellar Conversation. Our, our guest today is Lisa Bundy, CEO and founder of CarGirlCapital.com. Uh, Lisa, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. So a little background on our relationship. I guess we met maybe a year ago. Uh, Something I, like that, yep. Talk by the name of your company, CarGirl. And, and once, I, once I realized what you did, you had such a, kind of a, a casual name with such an important business. And, but then there's this story behind that. So if you could share with our listeners the story as to kind of how you ended up where you are today in terms of your professional life. Oh, it was a very long, twisty, turny journey. But uh, um, I spent probably 30 years in the car business. And one of my parents was a car dealer. The other one was a banker. So not something that uh, women normally choose, but it just seemed to fit really well with my personality. So I spent a number of years both uh, establishing dealerships and finance companies for dealers. And then that brought me into where I am today, which is trading uh, auto pools and commercial pools and brokering between banks and credit unions and still some finance companies and hedge funds. So your so your dad was the the car dealer, the sales guy. Your mom was the conservative banker. I bet that led to a lot of interesting conversations at dinner. Absolutely. Or, or was Absolutely. that home by dinner time? Probably not. <laughs> well, I thought we were schizophrenic, to be honest with you, because they would argue about delinquency, and I couldn't understand why my mother thought two percent was too much, but my dad thought twenty percent was great. Everybody pay late, and we'd get late charges. Interesting. Interesting. So, so today, you know, it's hard to have a conversation today uh, based on what's happened over the last 14 months. And I know from Stellar Auto Loans perspective, um, we've been fortunate and I don't want to say, you know, clearly what's happened over the last 14 months. You can't be happy if in fact, you've had a good run business-wise, but we've been really fortunate that we've had a pretty decent run and the market conditions have changed to, to allow us to do that. But how's it affected your business? Actually, uh, business has been really good, but for reasons that um, things during COVID and during the beginning of this did affect it, but you had to be able to shift pretty quickly. I'll give you an example. Um, last year, I was doing a lot of commercial loans, trading, participating out commercial loans between credit unions, not so much in the auto. Um, now, as soon as COVID hit and they reduced the Fed rate, everyone was looking, first of all, commercial became a little toxic because nobody really knew what it was going to do. Uh, you know, a lot of that was going to be retail office, uh, franchise, uh manufacturing, just, you know, a myriad of what falls under that jurisdiction. So a lot of credit unions all of a sudden now were flush with cash. So the liquidity was good and they were looking for assets, but they're looking for assets that are shorter term, mainly because we know the Fed rate's going to go up. We don't know when that's going to happen. And so if you if you make an investment, you want to be in and out pretty quickly so that you can shift and go into a different type of asset when those interest rates go up. And of course, when once we realize what commercial is going to do. Another thing that we've really started doing a lot of is the solar. Uh, since people are working from home, they've gotten much more uh, conscientious of what their utility bill is. 
and how they can minimize that or at least put a you know set figure on it. And then, of course, you know, we've had a lot of other shifts, but most of it has to do with staying in touch with your customer and being able to shift as the market shifts. Right. You had sent me some numbers uh, related to new car sales, used car sales, and then refis, and, and basically new car sales. And it's not too hard to figure that out. I drive by each morning three car dealerships, and, and it's hard to find their brand on the lot. It's all used cars. And I, I know on, on the refi side, refis are up about 16% year over year, but I think auto and I would have, I would expect that new car sales would affect your business, but it doesn't sound like it has. It just shifts. Of course, coming from the car business, I can tell you a lot about new used inventory and new used um, breakdowns among car lots. Um, years ago, years ago, franchise dealers didn't really want to be in the used car business. They got rid of their trades and sold them to independent dealers. And the independent dealers would then in turn sell those cars. What happened over time is they realized there was a lot of money they were leaving on the table and consumers were interested in used cars. And so you've seen a kind of explosion on the franchise dealerships where they're carrying used cars and they're carrying not just their own brand, but across the board, whatever they think is, you know, they'll even go to the auction now and buy those used cars. What has shifted though, just recently, um, first of all, bring me up to speed. 2019 to 2020, in 2020, new car loans only increased about 1.2%. Used car loans increased, I believe, about 12.4%. So people were buying used. And one of the things you've seen is used cars have held their value much, much more so. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. One has to do with the cost of new cars, which has gone up considerably. Uh, and then used cars also had continued to hold their value. So when you're faced with a payment somewhere over $30 difference between new and used, people theoretically will choose used over new. So that coupled with the fact that just recently because of COVID, because of manufacturing shortages, we are sh we're short some components in the, that are used in the manufacturing of new cars. Right now, in the month of February, new car inventories were down 26%. That's huge. We've really, I can't think of another time that we've seen that much of a swing in new car inventory. And that is going to be a while before that catches up because they still need those components and they're still behind and backlogged on that. We saw fourth quarter of last year was when we saw the peak in refis. Mm -hmm. It just skyrocketed. Um, we're still we're still strong now at the end of the first quarter, but but it really did peak in the fourth quarter. Uh, one thing I wanted I wanted to ask you, and and this is something that's relatively new in the last year. I've been exposed and contacted by more and more people that have these online platforms mm -hmm. for loan participation for loan sales. How does that affect your business? Because it's it just seems like in the last year that's really become more prevalent. And, and frankly, a couple of them that I've looked at, you actually had me share one, uh, a Zoom meeting with a, with a gentleman that, that actually looked really robust. But how's that affect your business? It hasn't affected my business. If anything, I, I feel like it has um, created some uh, separation between me and the platforms 
couple reasons. Platforms are basically just like um, a place where you put a pool of loans, but we all know pools of loans are not static and they're not apples to apples a lot of times. What if you're looking and you know what you're looking for, it's a great opportunity to maybe be introduced to new players. What I do for my clients is I find out what they're looking for and then I go out and I look for that specifically, but I don't just look to fill the bucket or sell them what I have. I look to create exactly, you know, a relationship. I am, I network, I put them in touch with the credit union that is wanting to sell exactly what they're wanting to get. And a lot of times those platforms, they don't help you analyze it. They don't help you compare it to the rest of the market. Um, they're all different. They all have a little bit different take and flavor from it. It is very helpful for smaller credit unions that don't, that kind of fall below most everybody's radar. A lot of the bigger brokers won't even touch them because you know they're only looking for two, three, four million at a time. Um, so I think there's a need for it very much so. Uh, I have partnered with a lot of those for that reason because they help me and I help them. Uh, I think it, it's it's an interesting and also a way that it's going to continue to grow. But I hinge my business based on personal uh, experience and also personal uh, dedication to what they're looking for right. and trying to find what they're looking for and then also educate them as you know we're going through the process. So, so it's that personal touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, no substitute for that. You know, all we hear now is digital, but you know, with, with stellar auto loans, we've expanded our hours of our call center. Mm -hmm. because we know that almost 50% of our business comes from that personal conversation, whether it be inbound or outbound. I can't see us ever giving that up. I know there's technology out there and I've been pitched on all of it. But uh, yeah, I'm not willing to risk that 50% of the business that we have that literally they can call and talk to somebody until midnight. And, and I, I think that's important. So it sounds like with, the, with you, that's kind of the same thing. You've had longstanding relationships. Uh, people trust you. Um, not to say that technology is bad because we all utilize technology like we've never, you know, like never before. Um, you know, we've become, we started as a marketing firm and we're more of a data firm these days. So everything we do is data related. Um, but you had mentioned something earlier that's, that's intriguing to me. And if I can, I'd like to, uh, to ask if maybe you could come back and talk about the solar uh, opportunity that's out there. And I've seen on LinkedIn recently, you're, you're fairly aggressive on LinkedIn in the last few weeks talking about solar and, and there are a couple of other uh, items similar to solar. Like I think student loan debt is something that, that we've been keeping a real close eye on that I think community banks and credit unions may be a little late to the party. It's still early on. Uh, and it's so, if you would, I'd like to have you come back at some point and we'll have a conversation just about some things kind of out of the box. Um, that, uh, you know, we've started to have conversations with current clients and there's a, there's a huge misunderstanding about student loan debt. Uh, we're talking about refinancing the debt, not on the front. End. And, uh, but the numbers are phenomenal. As a matter of fact, uh, Goldman Sachs just released numbers this week, $211 billion worth of student loans should be refinanced. Wow. If you look at the auto loan space, it's about 32 billion. 
So it's a huge, huge market. But if you would, I'd love for you to come back and have a conversation um, related to solar in particular. And I've got some other Roger Powell, who you know, um, he's got some other types of portfolios that he calls me from time to time about. And I think you guys have spoken about it, but I think we could do a whole session just on some things that maybe maybe the community bankers should be looking at that they're not right now. So if you find enough to do that, that would be great. So what else? What else with your business? We've all gone through this 14 month period of just some really terrible stuff. I still have friends that that have lost family members that they've either in others that have lost businesses, others that are telling me they're on the verge of losing their business. Um, I feel like today we're kind of, we're making a lot of progress. Just the overall feeling. And when I talk to prospects, not just customers, the overall feeling seems to be we're starting to get towards the end of this. Now, it could come back and slap us in the face very easily. Uh, but what's your feeling, people you're talking to? Because I, I think for about nine or 10 months last year, it was hard to get somebody on the telephone. Today, people are kind of coming out. Uh, people are contacting me that I called a year ago and want to talk. So th there's this mindset that things are getting better. Are you seeing the same thing? Pretty much, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, the banks and credit unions with liquidity are definitely looking for assets. They know they've got to find them. The looming question in the background is going to be, um, what are the foreclosures and repossessions in some of these pools that reside underneath the surface? you know, that have been pushed out and modified, et cetera, things like that. I actually saw some numbers the other day that were a little scary. So I'm not exactly sure where that's going to put us. Um, it, just a lot of shifts, but at the same time, uh, interest rates still all time low. Anything that you can refinance at a lower rate than you did two years ago makes most of the time good sense to do that. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. And that's what I was going to say. When we first started this, you know, or when we, when COVID first started and the interest rates dropped, we saw everybody run to the market and buy houses and refinance houses. Now we're starting to see it go into a little bit different asset classes. Now they're starting to refi autos. Again, two years ago, what was the prevailing rate? What is it now? Um, same thing, what you mentioned, student debt, what was it two, three, four, five years ago? What is it now? So you're going to continue to see that refi trend until the interest rates start to creep back up. So there's a lot of opportunity out there for that. Um, and of course, those pools are going to, once they're aggregated, they're going to be trading things along those lines. It's just interesting. The one thing I have seen is I've seen interesting or I won't call them oddball, but definitely out of the norm pools from what I have been seeing in the past. Before everything was pretty much vanilla. It was autos within this range. It was mortgages. It was commercial. It was this. Now I'm seeing, you know, franchises and W7 mortgages and student debt and MRI debt and just all sorts of uh, things, different vehicles. Well, you know, I think, and I saw this morning, I read an article in the financial brand that Lending Club, I don't know if you've seen this, Lending Club bought an online bank. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. 
They've come out and said, we're going right after the prime community banking customer. Mm -hmm. um, high debt users, that's who we're going after. We're not going after the underserved market like a lot of the online uh, institutions are. So a lot's changing. A lot is changing. Um, so I promised you that this would be 20 or 30 minutes and I don't want to hold up any longer than what I promised. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to have a conversation about what you do? Best way to get in touch with me is to email me, Lisa at LISA at cargirlcapital.com or to call me at 904-472-7930. Lisa, thanks for the time. And I'm going to hold you to coming back and having that conversation about solar and some other issues. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for watching this edition of Stellar Conversation and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and visit our website at stellarstrategic.com. Look for our next edition of a Stellar Conversation where we talk to Brian Jones, CEO of Gravity Lending, and we're going to talk auto loan refinancing. Thanks, everybody.